Good evening, and welcome back to our Wednesday night Bible study right here at Shawnee Baptist Church. And for you, uh, at your home, in your vehicle, wherever uh, you are at watching, and uh, thank you for jumping in and joining uh, with us tonight, joining with me tonight. And uh, I know this doesn't work for all the different video platforms, but if you are watching by way of Facebook, would you take a moment and would you comment uh, below and put who is watching with you? And we'd love to just uh, find out who's gathered with you uh, there this evening to join to join us for our Bible study tonight. Uh, it's been a great day, and I trust it's been a great day for you. I know many of us woke up and uh, had a stimulus uh, check in our bank account, and wow, praise the Lord for that. Uh, definitely unexpected. I don't think that's for you to go out and buy a new TV today uh, or tomorrow. Uh, I don't think that was the intention. I pray to use it wisely, very honestly. Uh, this was a gift, uh, not from the government, but I believe also a gift from God uh, for us to steward properly. And uh, I thought it was a wonderful blessing today to be able to write uh, a little extra tithe check and check the missions that I wasn't expecting and wouldn't normally give. And uh, what a blessing that was. And I pray the Lord would lead you. Uh, and being wise with the extra money that he's given you. And uh, with that, I even ironed the back of my shirt uh, this afternoon, uh, though you will not see it. Uh, it has been ironed. And then you yesterday, I had the opportunity to go up to the camp for a little bit. I know it is the COVID-19 camp work week, uh, which please, uh, would you pray for Brother Reno, uh, Brother Dave, and the staff there at Indian Creek uh, as uh, this much, much, much smaller group of people working, uh, but would you would you ask the Lord uh, to bless them, to speed up their time, and help them accomplish projects at a faster rate, and what a blessing that would be. We're taking our Bibles, we're looking at James chapter number one, James chapter number one, and I'm going to go ahead and read the passage, review, and then after review, we'll jump into some new material here this evening. Uh, James chapter one, would you look there with me at verse number 22? But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man, beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Now, verse number 26, our text Verse for tonight, if any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Let's go ahead and go to the word, go to the Lord in a word of prayer tonight. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us, and we thank you for the wonderful opportunity we have to uh, look at scripture together this evening, uh, to study together, and then Father at the end pray together. And uh, I do ask that you'd speak to our hearts in a very special way. I pray your Holy Spirit would have free reign of my uh, heart and my mind and my speech right now. And then, Father, as we listen and as we read your word and as we hear your word being preached, uh, would your Holy Spirit uh, do a special work? Um, Father, we come to your word because we need something. We come to your word because we want to make application to our life. We uh, come to your word because we want to be more like your son, Jesus Christ, and we want to please you. And so I do pray that you'd help us tonight as we look at this truth. 
And we'll thank you and praise you for the work that you do in your son Jesus' precious name we ask it. Amen. We looked at uh, quite a few verses last week, and let me just quickly review uh, and walk our way into uh, verse number 26. We looked at verse number 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. Watch this, deceiving your own selves, deceiving your own selves. And we notice the key to self-deception. It's hearing without doing, knowledge without action, information without initiative. And James gives us a great illustration to help uh, show us self-deception in our lives. Verse number 23, for if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer only, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in the glass, glass, for beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. And we looked at three mistakes of being a hearer only. Mistake number one was they look in the mirror just to see themselves and not to fix or not to change. Uh, For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way. Many sincere Christians read their Bibles every day, but do so just out of religious exercise, just to check a box of their Bible reading, just to punch in their Christian time card. Uh, They read uh, for, for... I don't know why all, but not for examination, not not to get something personally from the word of God. The main purpose in owning a mirror is to look at yourself and then do something about what you see. And such is the word of God. We have the word of God so we can look at ourselves and then make corrections based on what God and his spirit is trying to show us. So do we come to scripture? to examine ourselves, or uh, do we just come so we can say that we read our Bible today? Do we come to a service? Did you come to the service tonight just so you could check off your Wednesday night uh, Bible study, or did you come because you wanted to hear from God? Second mistake was they look in the mirror and forget what they see. They are a forgetful hearer. God's Word speaks to our heart. But how shortly after we read or hear God's word uh, do we walk away and forget that which we looked at and that which the Holy Spirit has taught us. The third mistake is they look in the mirror and then fail to obey what God's word them uh, told them to do. The hearer only fails to act on God's word. And you and I are going to continue to deceive ourselves in believing we are spiritually mature if we continue to fail at putting God's word into practice, God's word into action. Now, James goes on to instruct on how to take home that which we hear, how to be doers of the word of God. Verse number 25, whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Here is our roadmap right here for spiritual maturity. Number one, it starts with looking, to bend down, to peer within. Uh, We're to look at the word of God. We're to study it. Because he goes on to say, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein. This Greek word was parameno, means to stay near or remain. You and I just can't glance at God's word. We've got to look intently. We've got to study. We've got to think about. We've got to meditate. We've got to dive in to the word of God. We've got to continue to look. The third thing was we must remember what we've looked at. 
We must remember what we've looked at. We can't be forgetful hearers. And the fourth thing was we must put into practice what we remember. We must be doers of the work. A healthy person looks in the mirror to do something about it and does something. Such as a healthy Christian. They come to the word of God as a mirror to show us ourselves. And then we walk away, we remember, and we do something about what we see. Now, let's transition into uh, our thought and our truth for this evening. I am so glad you're here. Here we go. James uses some thought-provoking and challenging phrases here in verse number 26 as he pushes us to spiritual maturity. Now, it's always nice to have someone in your life who is honest with you. Do you have that? Somebody who, if you go to them for advice, you know that they're going to tell you the truth. I've had people in my life that I knew if I brought a situation to them, they'd tell me what I want to hear. They would tickle uh, the ears. But then there's other people that I know if I go to, they, it might hurt my feelings. It, it might rub me the wrong way, but it's what I need to hear. Uh, who is in, who in your life uh, is able to confront you? Who, who in your life is, is able to call out something and, and address it? Who challenges your thinking and your actions? It's one, one thing I love about uh, my mother as we were growing up, and even now, she's constantly, she was constantly challenging our thinking. We might say something and she would say, you know, why do you say that? Or why do you think that? Or what does God's word uh, say about it? And at times, I'll be honest, it was like fingers on the chalkboard, but I needed it. And you need somebody that can challenge you and call you out in areas of life. Now, the key is you must know that that person loves you and has your best interest at heart. We all have had somebody be vocal with us that we thought, you don't care about me, uh, that you... You've, you've never done, all of a sudden you interjected there. And when that's the case, that it, be, brings, it brings divisiveness, it brings hurt. But when you truly know somebody loves you, and when you truly know that somebody cares about you, you're able to accept what they have to tell you. Now, that's the case here in the book of James. Not because you and I know James. Now, I believe if we were to know James personally, uh, James is a great guy. I believe James uh, would love us and he would care about us. But, but you and I don't know James, but we do know God. And we do know the Holy Spirit worked through James to pen this letter and these words this evening. And we do know this, that God loves us. God loves me and God loves you. And so therefore, as we come to scripture and scripture challenges our thinking and scripture sometimes steps on our toes, we should be okay with it because we know that God loves us and that God wants what's best for us. Matter of fact, God also has what's best for us. James is giving us an illustration, and I believe this. James is giving us an illustration of what he just taught on. 
the fact that you and I should be hearers of the word, uh, but more importantly, we should be doers of the word. If, if we're going to be spiritually mature, we've got to obey what the word of God says. So James starts there in verse number 26 with this. If any man among you seem to be religious. Now, that's a tough phrase. If any man among you seem to be religious. I believe there's two purposes for this phrase uh, that I want to address here. The first one is perception. Perception. If any man among you seem to be religious. Now, obviously, we must be careful in our spirit and in our attitude in how we judge others. But we do make judgment calls. I know there's somebody listening that says, well, I just don't judge people. And I've never judged anybody. I'm not. We can judge in the wrong attitude, the wrong spirit. Um, but would you allow your kids to spend time with anybody? Or would you judge the person that you might allow if you're going to allow their kids to influence them or not? Now, think about that. There is a matter of perception. There's times that we must judge. And James right here gives us a measuring stick on that judgment. If any man seem to be religious, and then he goes on to say a few things, and we'll look at that this evening on that measuring stick. You see, if you think that a person is religious, but they cannot control themselves, you're wrong. There's a mistake. If any man seem to be religious, there's a perception here in these verses that you and I need to pay attention to uh, for our lives. Number two, though, this is very personal. This is very personal. And I want to add this before we dive into this thought. Don't read the Bible just to make application for somebody else. Read the Bible to make application for you. Now, I've done it, okay? I've been guilty of it, and I'm sure you have uh, too, okay? So don't look at me that way. Uh, I see it right through the camera lens. Uh, we've been guilty of hearing something being preached and thought, boy, I sure hope so-and-so is paying attention to that. Or we've read our Bible, and God has brought a truth across us, and we thought, boy, I sure hope so-and-so is reading in the same passage that I'm reading in because Boy, I tell you what, they really need that thought today. We've got to be careful. Don't just read your Bible uh, for somebody else. We have to read to make it personal. There are many times that we do have to read uh, to make application for somebody else. Every time uh, I preach, I have to make application not just for me, but I ask the Holy Spirit to help you make application. If you're a Sunday school teacher, you are studying that lesson to help make application to whoever's listening, whether it's a first grade uh, boy or girl, or whether it's a senior citizen, you have to allow the Holy Spirit to help you make application to them. But if we're not careful, we can be guilty of only reading and studying to help others and not to help ourselves. As a matter of fact, that's one of the dangers of, of what I do. Um, be, just think about last week, and thank you for those who were able to jump in uh, for the Easter devotions. But if I'm not careful, 
last week I was studying to give that devotion every morning. And once again, it's very easy to say, well, I've already spent some time studying and looking at God's word uh, for you, but I need to study also God's word for me. And it's so easy for those who are constantly preaching or teaching God's word to not get something for themselves. And when that happens, you get burnt out. The most important thing that I can do for my family and for this church is to make sure that I'm reading God's word at a time for God to speak to my heart outside of study time. And that was a great lesson that was taught uh, me years ago when I first got into the ministry by one of the men uh, there at Grandview Baptist Church. He constantly was encouraging me to dive into scripture, not, not, to, not to preach, but for me personally. And for all of us, we would be better moms and dads. We would be better husbands and wives. We would be better Sunday school teachers and bus workers. And uh, we'd be better coworkers if we wouldn't just read to give something to somebody else. But if, if we would read for God to give something to us, I need a truth from God's word today, today. Now, back to the personal. That was extra. You didn't have to pay for that one. If any man among you seem to be religious. What an awful place to find ourselves in. Thinking that we are more spiritual than God knows us to be. Believing that we are okay and right with God when in fact we're not. Identifying myself as being spiritually mature but yet having a long way to go. If any man among you seem to be religious. The Bible talks about a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 18 says, let no man deceive himself. You see, it's one thing to have someone else deceived about who you really are. It's not right. It's still wrong. But to me, how sad and what another thing it is to deceive your own self, to believe yourself to be something that you're really not. How sad it is to think that you're right with God when in actuality, God has a few issues. Think about the Pharisees, religious leaders, Obeying the law, the Torah by the letter. I mean, just checking off boxes of religious activity, religious apparel, religious uh, ideas, religious actions. Yet Jesus shows up on the scene and says, guys, you've got it all wrong. Guys, you've got it all wrong. The inside of you, you see these Pharisees, religious leaders, not only they were deceiving others, but they were deceiving their own selves. They thought they were earning heaven. They thought they were earning uh, a good standing before God when the case was they were in wrong. They deceived their own self. Now back to our verse. If any man among you seem to be religious 
and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart. What is the problem? James addresses it right here. Little or no control of what comes out of the mouth. Little or no control. Uh, this man, if any man among you seem to be religious, but bridleth not his tongue, has little or no control of what comes out of his mouth. If a man says he's spiritual, but cannot control what he says, he's deceiving himself. If a man says he is spiritual, but not, cannot control how he acts and how he reacts to his wife, he's deceiving himself. If a man seems to be religious, but, not, but cannot co- control his anger with his children, he's deceived himself. If a man says he is spiritual, but cannot bite his tongue when the situation calls for it, he's deceiving himself. If a man says he's spiritual, but must in all cases just speak his mind and tell it like it is, he's deceiving himself. If a man says he's spiritual, but cannot hold back his words or be grateful or graceful in speech, this man is deceiving himself. Now, though James addresses our speech here, I do not believe that that is the primary purpose of verse number 26. Let me share with you, and this is part of our Bible study, so you sit there and, and, and listen and think about it, okay? Here we go. Later in the book, James will talk more about the tongue. Now, here in verse number 26, he mentions it, but I want you to look over there at chapter 3 of the book of James. And James goes into a whole lot more detail. I'm, let me read this for you. Verse number one. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. He's setting it up. Behold, also ships. Verse number four which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm whithersoever the governor listeth. Verse number five, here it is. Even so the, what's that word? Tongue. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, so is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. Verse number eight, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing, my brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. You see, James later on in his book takes verses to talk more about the importance of our speech, the importance of our tongue. And, and these, verses, they are, these verses, they are 
rich with truth, and we'll study them later in the Old Testament. Scripture is filled with commands and teachings about our speech. Now, remember who James is writing to. He's writing, he's writing to Jews, his brethren, okay, and, and also to us as believers. But he's writing to the Jews, and the Jews would have known the book of Psalms. Uh, the Jews would have studied the book of Proverbs. And we read there in Psalms, uh, verse chapter 32, verse number 9, Be not as the horse or as the mule which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in the bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Uh, Psalm 34, verse number 13, Keep thy tongue from evil, and thy lips from speaking guile. Psalm 141, verse number 3, David says, Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Boy, that would be a wonderful verse for me at times. <laughs> I need that one. Lord, I need your help. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Help me not always to say exactly what I'm thinking. Help me not to always say what I want to say in my flesh. God, lock, lock my lips sometimes. I keep the door of my mouth shut at times. Proverbs 10, verse number 19 in the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. Uh, Proverbs 10, 31. The mouth of the just bringeth forth wisdom, but the froward tongue shall be cut out. Proverbs 13, 2. A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of transgressors shall eat violence. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, and he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. Proverbs 15, 2. The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. Now, we'll stop there, but we can look at the Old Testament and, and places that uh, the Jews would have known and would have sat and would have studied in their synagogues. The Old Testament talks a lot about our speech. Christ taught about our speech. Look there with me at Matthew chapter 12, verse number 34. O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you, that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Verse number 37, for by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Not only did the Old Testament uh, talk much about the importance of our words, Jesus addressed uh, our words and how what comes out of our mouth defiles our body. The early Christian leaders talked much about our speech and controlling the tongue. We see it in Paul's letters. Now, I don't know for sure if the Jews uh, listening and reading here in the book of James would have read every single one of these, but uh, they are there for them and they are there for us. Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Let me, let, me do, let me say that does limit what we say. There are some things that should never escape the mouth of a believer. There's some things that should never come from the lips of a Christian. 
Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Uh, You've heard it uh, said before, if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say it. Well, Paul says that here in Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 29. Colossians chapter 4, verse number 6. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Just as we would season a good steak, Paul says your speech ought to come out with grace. It ought to be seasoned. It ought to be prepared. It ought to taste great. It ought to be wonderful. Maybe the Jews would have read Peter's letter. Because there in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number 10, Peter writes, For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Now, I read all those to show you and to illustrate that James' primary motive here in verse number 26 is not to address the tongue, though he does address the tongue. James' primary motive, and don't miss this. If you've not paid attention right here, don't don't miss this right here. His primary motive is to say that you don't practice what you've already heard through Old Testament teachings, through Christ's teachings, and James, uh, even our, our present day leaders in Paul and Peter, then you're deceiving yourself. Let me say that again. James is writing to to the Jew, Jewish Christian and saying, Jewish Christian, if you have heard what the Old Testament has said about your speech, if you have heard what Jesus said about your speech, if you've come across what Paul and Peter and the other church leaders have said about your speech, and you are not practicing uh, your speech in a manner consistent with what Uh, we've heard from Scripture, then you're deceiving yourself. You're deceiving yourself. And then he goes on. Look there with me back at verse number 26. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, look what he says. This man's religion is vain. This man's religion is vain. The word vain uh, means worthless, of little or no value. Of little or no value. James tells them by way of illustration, let me come over to your speech and the way you use your tongue. And Jewish Christians you are a hearer only and you're deceiving your own self if you're not bridling your tongue, if you're not being careful with your speech. And here's the thought. Here's the bottom line. Our religion is useless if it does not translate into the way we live and the way we treat others. If we don't live right and we don't treat others right, 
we have been just hearers. We've looked into the mirror of the word of God and then walked away. Forgetting and not doing anything that God's asked us to do. And if that's the case, if we come to scripture just to hear and not to put it into practice, our religion is vain. It's of little or no value to us. Let me say it again as we close. Our religion is useless if it does not affect the way we treat others and the way we live. It's vain. And so therefore, as we come to Scripture, we got to make it personal. As we come to Scripture, may we come to be hearers of the Word. Yes, may we look and may we continue to look. But may we also not deceive ourselves in believing that we are something we're not. How do we do that? By not putting into practice what we read and what we study. Let us be doers of God's word. Let our religion be pleasing to Christ. May our so-called religion, may it be seen by the way we act and react, by the way we treat and by the way we love other people. What a wonderful truth from James And what a great way that James illustrates this fact of not just being a hearer of God's word, but a doer also. Look there back with me at verse number 26. We'll read it one more time. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but to see with his own heart, this man's religion is vain. I don't want us to seem to be religious, to deceive our own selves. May it be true, may it be real in our heart and life. Lord, help us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for the privilege that we have this evening to look at your word and what a powerful truth. And Father, that that steps on my toes, but it's what I need this evening. It's what I needed in study to be reminded that if I do not practice what I preach, if I do not practice what I hear from your word, if I do not do what your Holy Spirit tells me to do, if my life, the way I treat others and the things that I say do not reflect your word, then Father, I'm really not as religious as I thought I was. If that's the case, I'm deceiving myself. God, I pray that we'd be challenged by that thought. I pray your Holy Spirit would drive uh, that home, that, Father, we would be doers of your word. That when we hear and we continue in it, that we'd put it into practice, that truly what we say to others and the way we treat others would be an example of what your son Jesus Christ taught us and what your word through your Holy Spirit teaches us. And Father, we'll thank you and praise you for it. In the name of your son, Jesus, we ask these things. Amen. Thank you, Tay, for taking time this evening to join uh, in our Bible study. Now, this is what I want to do. Uh, I want What I want you to do 
Um, we have not had uh, a prayer time on Wednesday nights like we've typically had. And we've been taking time on Wednesday nights uh, when we were able to meet uh, to take seven to 10 minutes and uh, break up throughout the auditorium, share prayer requests, and then pray together. And so this is what I want you to do right now. Now, if you're watching by way of YouTube or our website, you're not going to be able to do this. I'm sorry. But if you uh, are on uh, Facebook with us this evening, I want you to comment a prayer request uh, below. And uh, one reason for that is I want to know what to pray for and how to pray for you. And I believe there's others watching tonight that would love to take some time this evening and go through those comments and pray for these requests uh, that are mentioned. And so right now, can you take time uh, to jot something down there in the comments and send it on? And uh, then would you commit to praying for these things? Let me give you a few questions or things to ponder and talk about with family. And uh, I'm going to mention them right now. And then we're also uh, going to post them in the comments later so you can look at them. And I pray that you would use these uh, to create just a little bit of dialogue. I know it's been a wonderful blessing uh, for my kids and my wife as we've sat around uh, the couch on Wednesday evenings and dug just a little bit deeper and talked and shared stories. It's been helpful. Uh, so here's a couple things uh, that uh, I want you to talk about. Um, this one might be a little bit more personal and, and maybe not talk about it, uh, but you could. If uh, Who is that person that you can go to that's going to tell you the truth? Do you have somebody like that? And uh, what's been the blessing of that? And then if you don't have somebody that can be truthful with you uh, and, and can really help and maybe even step on your toes in a loving manner, who would that be? And uh, maybe this week uh, you should call them, text them, ask them, hey, I, I need you to help me. I need you to be a spiritual uh, figure in my life to help guide me and for the Lord to use you in that capacity. And uh, I know I have those and I pray you would have them as well. Um, here's another one. Can you think of some other instances from the Bible where people deceived themselves? That's a great question. Can you think of some uh, people in the Bible who deceived themselves? And then how could we avoid falling into that same trap? Uh, here's another question. How does your tongue often reveal the bigger issues in our heart? And then what are some verses from Scripture? might take a little time to look it up, but what are some verses in Scripture that can help us with that? And then lastly, uh, using what we've learned tonight from the Holy Spirit, uh, what can we change? What can we do just a little bit different that would help us uh, in our reactions and actions and our speech towards other people? Once again, we the last thing we want is for our religion to be vain, to be worthless. And so what are some things that we can change to add more value to the way we personally practice our Christian faith. Thank you once again for joining us this evening. I pray the Lord would give you a wonderful rest of the week. Uh, my wife and I love you. We're praying for you. Uh, excited about what God is doing. I was excited about how many people joined us uh, for our Easter online. And, uh, and I do pray that years down the road, we would find out all the wonderful things that have taken place uh, during this time that uh, we've been able to meet by video, but not in person. I so look forward 
uh, to gathering back together in person. I pray for that day. I pray it would be soon. And uh, once again, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. God bless.